The greatest act of violence did not draw blood. There was no dead bodies, no blade was raised, no gun was fired. The greatest, most brutal act of violence was, you shall not surely die. A lie that ripped humanity from the source of life. Ever since, that wickedness has resided and leapt off the lips of those who chose to sow discord and pain with their words and then mirror them with their actions. The church are not exempt from this behavior. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Hi, and welcome to Sabbath School U. I'm Kathy Beriton, and I'm excited that you're here. I'm also excited that you guys are here. Um, and I want you guys to introduce yourselves to start off, and I want you to tell me what your favorite team is and what sport they play. Well, I'm Johanna, um, and favorite team? I don't have a favorite team or sport, but I do enjoy going to the games, just being in the environment, the hype. and What games? Soccer games. Soccer, okay. Baseball games. Oh, so all yeah, of them, so all of them. Okay, just, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm Vinny. Uh, I don't really watch a lot of sports, but my family's crazy about the Ravens, so definitely every Sunday when the Ravens play, they're crazy about it. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm Elroy. I'm from New York, so by default, uh, I like to watch basketball and, and football, so my favorite team, New York Knicks. The Knicks, really? Of course. I'm a Miami Heat fan, so. <laughs> Not ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, Elroy, why don't you start us off, read um, our memory verse for this week, and maybe have a word of prayer for us? Let's do it. All right, our memory verse is taken from Proverbs 10:6, and it reads, Blessings are on the head of the righteous, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Father God, as we prepare for this study, we ask that uh, you just be in this space and give us the opportunity to have healthy discussion and to bring others closer to you through uh, what we speak about that's found in your word. And this is our prayer in your name. Amen. Amen. Um, the lesson this week is titled, "Blessing: The Blessings of the Righteous. Um, and it, there's an interesting story here, it talks about a man who was on a boat and who was standing on the, on the boat and began to drill a hole. And obviously what happens if you're on a boat and you're drilling a hole? Like sink. you're, you're yeah. gonna start to sink. And people are like, bro, don't do that. And you know, the water's coming up and he's drilling the hole and he was, you know, like, oh, it, this is my business. What are you doing over there? What do you mean it's your business? Mm -hmm. You're all on the same boat. Yeah. And so this, um, this lesson is talking about righteousness and uh, uh, Proverbs. And let's talk about how righteousness is described in Proverbs. How would you define a person as righteous? Um, I would say, you know, someone that follows the law and does their best to keep it. I mean, if you take the, the prefix of the word prefix of the word righteous, you get the word right. So it's someone who tends to, you know, do right, you know, in the eyes of, of man and of God, ultimately, so, yeah. Does that affect others? Like when you are, you know, like when you're being righteous, is, is your being righteous affecting other people? Absolutely. Like is your, drooling, is your drilling of the hole affecting me? I'm on the same boat? Well, yeah, I mean, if, if I drill that hole, I sink you coming down with me too. Yeah. 
And I think that whatever actions can directly or indirectly affect those around you, whether it's something good that you're doing, such as mm -hmm. following the law, or whether it's something bad that you're doing. Absolutely. I think um, another part of uh, Proverbs talks about specific um, being holistic, you know, being intricate, um, being, uh, that's not the right word, I'm, uh, just being holy in what you believe and knowing that when you believe something and when you're holding firm to it, you are affecting those around you. And I think that's, that's really important. Um, why do sometimes uh, we put our own judgment above what God, um, above God's and trusting, instead of knowing that God knows what is going on in our lives, like, why do we put our own judgment in front of that? I actually just experienced that this week. Um, and I was searching for a job and um, God gave me, provided me an opportunity, but I thought to myself, you know, I don't know if this is really for me. Why? Because I didn't, I wasn't seeing the whole picture. I was seeing more of the immediate reward. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't as excited about the immediate reward about, let's say, um, a good salary or just really awesome benefits, you know. But then I prayed about it and it's like God really, he, he's seen the long term, you know. And so I, I, I prayed about it and he kind of, he made me, really um, understand where he's taking me. So that, that's one of the things that we, um, we sometimes rely on our own judgment, thinking that it's best or because we only, we're blinded by what God's picture is or, and we're, we're blinded by the immediate reward. We're very focused on the now, I feel like as right. a society yeah. in general, we're very, we don't like we don't think about the future. I mean, we think about the future, but we don't realize that God is there. God's the future; He holds it, and we're just worried about what's going on right now and how will this benefit me. And that instant gratification factor—we're not. It's hard to take yourself out of the picture and try to see your life through God's eyes. And I think that's why sometimes it's hard to like see that that ahead, see that God is there in the future, and we can rely on Him. You know, it's like. Yeah. No, I think Vinny makes perfect sense. You know, it's hard to see it through God's eyes. I think, you know, our entire world and the way we live our lives is a very sensory and sensible kind of experience. We have to see it. We have mm -hmm. to smell it and taste it for us to believe that it's actually real. And so God is saying, you know, I live in a realm that's outside of your sensory experience. And that's where faith dwells. And I think that is the space where, you know, we can truly, um, you know, we can put our judgment in God's hands. True. I mean, yeah, what you said, like immediately right now. Um, this is what we see. I see this cup here, so I know it's real. Um, and whether people, you know, other people or somebody else tells me, you know, this cup isn't real, it's not there. It's what I see and it's how I feel. How do we stray away from that though? How do we become people that don't become reliant on our five senses? How do we become people that, you know, rely on God's sense, you know, that sixth sense. I'm not talking about like the mother, mm -hmm. but like <laughs> the, you know, like how do we rely on God's power versus what I can see and what I can feel? It's a tough question, I know, mm -hmm. but how do we get to that step? I think God just shows off. When he shows off, that's when we start to really see his power, his love, his grace, his mercy even. You know, and, and that's when we start to build that faith, that trust. So we can just let go and have, and like you said, you know, um, live, believe in him and 
him do his thing. I mean, I hear what Johanna's saying. I feel like sometimes it's hard for God to show off when we block that by using our own judgment. Mm -hmm. You know, the minute we decide to say, all right, God, I want to do it my way, mm -hmm. and God is like, all right, well, you're not going to allow me to show off. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's this constant war between, you know, your, your thoughts and, and, and God's thoughts. And God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways. So, Could we ever get, because you know how, um, it's not cliche because it's true, but we always hear that you can never stray too far away from God. God is always right there. Turn around and God is right there. But could we um, physically get to a point where we have blocked off any other things we hear um, with our senses? You know, like we're so into the fact that we see this here, so this is real for me right now. And so we block off it. Can that happen, do you think? Or is it always like I can turn around and grab onto the hands of God? I think, like, I don't think it's in God's nature to be, like, his, his is a loving nature. I, think, I don't think we're never too far away, but I think we do live in a sinful world, and a lot of times there is that distraction, and I feel like there's so many things going on around us, and it's hard to see God sometimes, you know, and I feel like that's where, that's where you have faith to something to hold on to, you know. It's like you... There's so much going on, and God may be really close to you, but a lot of times we don't feel Him, you know. And is it, are we far away from Him? Maybe not necessarily, but may, there may be things in between God and I who, that are, might be blocking that connection, you know. So this is the way I see it. So this is us, and this is God. And I mean, this is the bad area, and this is the good areas, but this is us. And we can go here and be in unclear water, um, but God will still always be there. Is that what you guys are saying? Or, I mean, I'm just wondering because it sounds like you said, you know, God is always right there. He's always at a... Maybe he can easily fish you out of that water. Maybe not in the bad stuff, but maybe he can rescue out of that, you know. I think he's always there, but based on how we use our judgment, I think the level at which he chooses to interact with us kind of, you know... Um, he kind of separates himself a little bit. What? Reason, the reason why, no, listen, true. the reason why I'm saying uh -huh. this is because you look at the Garden of Eden. Okay. He set parameters as to, you know, in a sense, what was just and what was unjust, what was life, tree of life, tree of knowledge, good and evil. We stepped into that realm and then, you know, we ate the fruit. And after that, the minute we did that, um, sin came into the world and God, in a sense, kind of separated himself in that nature in terms of not just walking, you know, um, with man just like that. He still communicated with us. But any time we choose to sin based on our own judgment, mm -hmm. I think there's separation. That's where I was coming from. Can I disagree? Am I allowed to do that? Okay. Because I, I don't, I mean, I don't think, um, I don't think that God ever separates himself from us. Um, I think we build a wall. So just for visual persons, I'm a very visual person, as you can tell with all my like hand gestures. But, um, you know, when we do something, when we are doing something that doesn't please God, um, when we're not it, walking in the right path, we ourselves are building a wall, but God is right there. Like it's a matter of removing the wall, of getting through the wall. I don't think that it's ever like, oh, I'm here. So God's like, well, I'm gonna step away and let you fail. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, I'll be here, but I'm, I'm going to be a, a little further away. Well, sure. Well, nothing separates us from the love of God, you know, and that's evident on, you know, in the scriptures. I, I just mean, you know, from the way we send and the way we decide to, to do things based on our judgments, in some ways it kind of distances 
ourselves in terms of communication, in terms we of uh, distance ourselves from we him, distance ourselves. as opposed mm -hmm. to him distancing himself so. from us. I think. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's hard to like not do, mm -hmm. you know, because we're especially now. Um, I see like my little nieces and my little nephews growing up, and like with iPads in their hands and cell phones and like all this stuff, and there is so much surrounding us. Um, and I'm not saying that when I grew up it was any any better, but you know it's it, you, there was a difference. Um, and I feel like we're surrounded social media, um, TV, all this stuff, and it's so easy to like step into, you know, a house and watch a movie where you're, you know, you don't even really know what you're watching, and you're building that wall without even, you know, realizing it. Mm -hmm. Um, could one of you guys read uh, Proverbs 11.3 for me? It says, The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. That last part, the, per the perverseness, perverseness, that's a hard word, yeah. <laughs> of as transgressors shall destroy them. How do we understand this when uh, we see so much apparent success in the lives of sinners. You know, we see people, let's be real, like we see people, celebrities on TV that you're like, there is no way that they're praising Jesus while they're singing that music. Mm -hmm. There is <laughs> no way that they were thinking of Jesus when they were doing that movie scene. You know, like how, how, how do we have that piece of like, look how successful they are. Um, look at how happy they look. Um, that, and you just you just mentioned something important, how happy they look. It's just, mm. it's an mm. appearance, mm. you know. We don't really know behind those scenes, behind that movie scene or behind that song or when that person goes home, like what are they feeling? What are they going through? Apparent, it depends on what success is to you, you mm. know. Is it wealth? Is it just this lavish lifestyle? Mm -hmm. And so, it, it, so how do we take that into, your question again was, how do we understand this? Like how do we wrap our heads around the fact that I'm poor, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I have to like work really, really hard to get a full tank of gas every week, you know? And these people have like tanks of gas to, you know, <laughs> give to everyone. Like how, how does that, and obviously that would mean that I, I measure my success around money, right. but how do we wrap our heads around that in general? I think by knowing that it's just for a time. I mean, if you go back to the verse, it says the perverseness of transgressors shall, de shall destroy them. Mm. So it's something that is eventually going to happen. You know, the, the success as we see it in human terms is for a time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we see it within a financial, you know, kind of vacuum. But uh, yeah, after a while, it says perverseness. So at the end of the day, it's nothing good. It's not righteous when yeah. you come back to the, the title of today's lesson. But you know, I think at the end of the day, if we understand it in that element, that it's, it's just for a time, it's gonna pass. So. Like what they were saying, like with, with this verse, like we are given a clear instruction of what's gonna happen, you know, like these people are gonna get what they're, what they're getting for, you know? So in a sense, like I see it as in, we live in a very sinful world and since the fall, there's this, there's this, this war going on between good and evil. And I feel like a lot of times, bad things happen to good people and it's not it's just the nature of war you know sometimes you're going to get hit and you might not deserve it sometimes you might deserve it but sometimes it might not be like the full blast of what you might actually deserve but it's just it happens in or war. what you think you deserve yeah and yeah, yeah. and i feel like it's when when you get hit 
you just you have to keep in mind that there's something else out there. There's something bigger for you in store later on, you know. And I feel with this, like these people are gonna get what they deserve or what God has in store for them, in a sense. And in the same way, we're gonna get what we have in store for us. And if we're righteous, if we choose to stick with God, there's something better later on. And the thing is, and this is just half the verse. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like when you look at the the prior part of it, it literally says. Um, well, in the New King James Version, the integrity of the upright will guide them. So it kind of gives, you know, a, a set of guidelines as to how, you know, what is upright. So integrity, things that are good, things that are right. And you see this theme kind of continuing to play out in Proverbs 11 and not just Proverbs 11, but Proverbs in general. So. How do we um, remove, uh, how do we warn these people? How do we remove that sense of destruction from them? Because we see that all around in it kind of, sometimes I feel like we're being a little judgmental when we look at people that, you know, are successful, but we look at them and we're like, are they really happy? You know, and we're no one to judge, but how do we help them? How do we warn them against what is to come? Because it says it right here. It is. And I think those people are the most difficult to talk to. Mm. The rich, the ones that are successful, the ones that we see on TV every day, you know, I feel like those are the hardest to reach or am I wrong? Possibly. Yeah. I mean, they have, they probably feel that they have everything they need. Why should mm. they don't need to seek God or they may feel happy or content at peace with the success that the wealth that they have. Yeah. But how do you reach? That's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really tough. I mean, uh, I remember back when I was in college, we had to study Maslow and his hierarchy of needs. And I remember at the very top, of that pyramid, if you will, was self-actualization. So just this belief that you've actually made it, that you've actually become successful. But, you know, many people feel they reach that as celebrities when they hit that, you know, status with the money and the fame and what have you. But they're still looking for truth. Mm -hmm. They're still looking for something is itching them deeper and, and they don't realize that it's Jesus and that it's the word. And, and I think we just need to present our lives in such a way that we may not have all the money in the world, but, uh, you know, and I think uh, Paul said it somewhere in Acts, where it's just like, silver and gold have I none. If I'm not mistaken, he's talking to the, the guy um, by the, what was it, by the pool they called beautiful or the gate? I don't remember, but he said, silver and gold have I none. So some people may not have money, but they still have a, a lifestyle that they can present, you know, which is Jesus. And that's the true healing element and the truth in general. So. Yeah, so live life by example. Um, and eventually, like your smile, the fact that you're happy and you know, you might not have all the money in the world. You People might not know your name when you're walking down the streets of New York, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, you might not be Carmelo Anthony, but you, you know, <laughs> Jesus, you know, Jesus died for me and I know who that is. And, I, you know, I think, yeah, that's the only way we could maybe reach them someday, somehow. Mm. Um, let's look at Proverbs 12. Uh, Proverbs 12, what do we learn about human communication? Um, from Proverbs 12. I, I know that they talked um, a little bit about, well, Proverbs talks a little bit about lying, and by a little bit, I mean a lot of it. <laughs> so what did, what did you guys get from that? The mouth is a powerful tool. Like yeah. It can break people, it can make people. Um, and we, God has given us something to be able to use um, to help others or to kind of give that hope to others. Um, so 
yeah, we gotta be careful with the stuff that we say and um, the lies that we, well, we shouldn't really lie, but. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, what I gained from uh, Proverbs 12, I was going through it and uh, I was just seeing this theme of, well, this happens, but this might happen. This happens, but this might happen. And so some things that jumped out was good man, excellent wife, righteous man. And I think if I'm not mistaken, the word righteous appears in Proverbs 12 seven times and then righteousness appears two times. So there's this constant theme of just doing right and being right because at the end of the day, it's gonna produce good fruit. And, um, you know, and so as we continue to, you know, um, use our mouths, we have to be very aware, I guess, of what's coming out. Is it producing good or is it producing evil? So. Yeah. I think an awesome thing about this, the book of Proverbs in general, but this, uh, I really like uh, 1222. It says the Lord detests lying lips. It's extremely clear. There's no beating around the bush. It's like, it's kind of clearly, harsh. yeah, it's, it's a message was like, you should not be lying. Why do we do so, you know? And it talks about how these uh, deceit fills hearts that are plotting evil, you know? So we're just, it's a very powerful message and it's clear. There's no other way around it, you know? It's like, we should not lie, but why do we do so, you know? It's, it's food for thought in a way, you know? Yeah, um, the New King James Version talks um, in Proverbs, mentions mouth, the word mouth, 50 times, hmm. five zero. Lips 41 times and tongue 19 times. Mm. That's, I mean, there's a clear, um, there's, you know, like they're trying to emphasize something here. Um, the fact that we could, we could hurt ourselves with our mouth is not so much, I mean, yeah, you, you obviously, if you lie about someone or say something you're not supposed to, you can hurt someone, but you can hurt yourselves. And that's something that we don't realize um, how lying lips are an abomination. Like that's, mm something that I found that was really um, powerful. Now lying is something that's not, you can't really pin it down like you, you, sh you shouldn't murder. Obviously like it's, that's a little easier not to do. Like how do we stop lying? <laughs> how do we try to say the truth all the time? Because honestly that's hard. It is like, you know, little white lies here and there as they call them. How do we stop from doing that? Um, I think there has to be a realization that uh, what we're doing is causing damage to ourselves and to other people. You know, if we want to uh, reference the hole driller um, that you mentioned mm -hmm. the story at the very beginning of the program, you know, this gentleman is just continuing to drill this hole in this boat. And, you know, he's just like, all right, well, I'm taking us all down, you know, so in a sense, he's lying to himself and he's producing, um, He's producing words, he's producing death, if you will, an eventual death, and I think this is what happens. We continue to believe our lies so much that we start to believe it's actually truth. And I think because of that, yeah, we slowly kill ourselves in the process, so. I think there needs to be a commitment. It's hard, I'm not saying it's easy, but, and these little white lies, I think that's where they catch us, because we're not gonna lie about a big ordeal, but when it's the little things, it's where they, like, I feel like the enemy tricks us into lying about this, and I feel, that's where faith comes in and you take a commitment, you know, I will try not to lie. And trying and accomplishing it might be a different thing, but that attempt to stop, like, you know, like from now on, I will try not to lie. I will commit my hardest to do so, you know, and I think it's hard, but it's definitely a commitment that comes into play. And I'm sure that we can analyze ourselves and know that there's certain situations where we tend to lie or mm -hmm. we tend to, you know, say, we're at the gym and we're talking to the guy that's running on the treadmill next to you. Oh, do you run often? Yeah, every day, but really you only run like once a year, you know? So if it's the gym where I lie the most, you know, try to make it a point and live, um, live 
day to day knowing that that's, that's your struggle and that's where you need to work on. Um, aside from the promise of eternal life, um, if we walk with Jesus, if we choose to make these decisions, um, what are some of the day-to-day -day advantages uh, that you have experienced through living in Christ? So through making these promises um, or choosing to live your life a certain way, what are advantages that you guys have seen in your own personal lives? If you can share. Um, um, oh. Sorry. Go ahead. But, um, for me, it's two things. It's inner peace mm. and forgiveness. Mm. That I can try to live, you know, a, a godly lifestyle, um, but I know I'm gonna trip. I know I'm gonna do mm. foolish things, mm. and just knowing that God will still accept me, you know, will still forgive me. That's that's a reward that I get day to day because day to day I make mistakes. Mm. Yeah, for me, I think it's just the semblance of mental health. You know, I just feel so, um, like Johanna said, at peace, you know, and I feel like, sounds weird, but I feel like I'm at a beach, right, by the, um, the shore that people are struggling their entire lives to, to try to get to. And in a sense, you know, we're, I'm, we're already there because we, in a sense, we have that truth. And so, um, yeah, when you say some of the day-to-day -day advantages, I think just health, um, just this mental freedom, the ability to move without feeling like you are um, convicted of something, and uh, yeah, just continuing to know that, you know, you have a life that I think some people are longing for. It might not be the financial life, but yeah. I think having that promise just sets you apart. You're different, you know, you're, you're victorious, so you walk down the street knowing you won the war, you know, so it just, you have that peace of mind, you have that internal peace saying, you know, I got this, you know. Yeah. You're happy. Mm -hmm. And I mean, ideally, I think that's what we all strive to be. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm glad I got to talk a little bit with you guys about this. <laughs> if you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember, the goal of the Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Kathy Briton. Mm -hmm.